Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell. We just want to say for those that are joining us for the very first time, welcome to the show. We work hard to put out a weekly episode that helps organizations make better business decisions. And if you'd like to give us a topic that we could talk about, if you have some questions we could answer, or you just know an amazing guest that would be great for our show, shoot us an email. You can reach us at ROIPod, that's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. Again, ROIPod at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. And uh, we just, we wanted to take a step back and kind of revisit an episode, I think, deserves another listen to. Uh, Earlier in the summer, um, Phil had an opportunity to sit down with Governor Eric Holcomb here of Indiana and really dive into more of the tech aspects and things that are happening within innovation that has to do with business in Indiana. And being able to have such an intimate moment with the governor, I mean, here you are in his living room, um, just being able to share what Kelly's doing and then also seeing what his initiatives are with Indiana. Talk about that for a moment. Well, you know, as a state university, uh, we have an economic development mission, and it's important to be aligned with whomever's in the governor's office. And Governor Holcomb has his finger on the the pulse of what drives economic development in in any region, and that's talent. Um, You know, people ask me, well, Phil, what holds big companies back from growing? Well, it's not the traditional answers you think of. It's not access to capital. It's not access to technology. It's not access to natural resources. It's access to talent. And um, that's the biggest bottleneck that Indiana faces, and really any region faces in in terms of of driving um, growth. You know, look at Minneapolis. Minneapolis is the most dynamic regional economy in the Midwest. It's farthest from the oceans. It's farthest from the mountains. It's colder, and it has higher tax rates. The reason Minneapolis is so dynamic is because over 45% of their population has a college degree. Now, when you compare that to Indianapolis, which is 25%, we have a big gap to close. And this is why the governor has appointed a whole separate workforce cabinet. And it was just great to share how the Kelly School is, is a part of that, but also get his insights on how we can further support his agenda in bringing prosperity to the region. So talk about, you know, how um, your initiatives here at Kelly are kind of starting to close that gap. What are some things that have been changing or things that you've seen um, that were getting people more engaged in this collegiate environment, especially here in Indianapolis? Well, you know, our, our interview with the governor occurred at the same time that we had invited the high tech community out to Community Launchpad. Community Launchpad is sort of a design thinking studio that Community Health uses to drive innovation in healthcare. And they approached us, along with Counterpart Software, to sort of a brainstorming session of how how can the Kelly School better help our tech companies here in town make better business decisions? As a region, if our if our technology companies are making better business decisions, that just makes us more, more, more globally competitive. But the thing is, with, in high tech, cycles move so quickly. And... This is a, a sector where it's your success is product-driven. So if you're able to write code, if you know the technology side, typically the business part will take care of itself. And so this is a sector that traditionally eschews kind of traditional education, even traditional computer science education. 
So if we're going to if we're going to if we're going to add value to that market, if higher education is going to add value for high tech, we've got to change the way that we deliver it. High tech moves so quickly, and the opportunity cost of everybody's time is so high that it's important that the Kelly School immerses itself in the tech sector here that we don't require them to meet us where we are. We don't require them to come to campus and meet our semester calendar. I mean, a semester calendar is based upon a 19th century understanding of agricultural harvest times when you go to school, right? High tech is 21st century. Um, You know, the average professional changes organizations in Silicon Valley every 12 months. This is a sector that moves fast. So they want the most current knowledge in the easiest, most digestible form that can be put to work very quickly. And this is a challenge for higher education where we're used to moving more slowly. We're used to thinking, you know, thinking about things and 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 reflecting. No, in high tech, it's got to be easy to understand. It has to be it has to be the newest knowledge and you have to be able to apply it quickly. So we asked in that meeting with those high tech firms, how can the Kelly School almost make itself obsolete in the way it delivers education so that we can be more relevant to the high tech sector. So it was important to have, it was exciting to have that conversation along the same time we were having the conversation with the governor. And I think it's our job as Indiana University, as a Kelly School of Business, to bring that together and to deliver, to solve some of these knowledge and talent questions for these sectors. Because if we can solve those issues, we're going to make our region more competitive relative to the other regions around the United States that are also attracting high tech firms and high tech talent. All right. Well, without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. Here is Phil Powell with Governor Eric Holcomb. We're here today to talk about this burgeoning high-tech explosion. In some ways, this renaissance that we are seeing around the state, especially in the Indianapolis region. Here in the Circle City, I'm running into more and more people that have relocated from Silicon Valley. One question I want to lead here with is high-tech. Why all of a sudden? Why here? Why now? Well, Indianapolis is a sticky place, meaning that once you get here, you, you, you fall in love with it. And it's for a number of different reasons. It didn't happen overnight. We've been ushering in this renaissance fairly methodically uh, over the years, and not just in my time being associated with state government. Um, but certainly it, we've seen it take off or launch. But the state of Indiana, when I think about it, we're, we've always been the state that makes uh, and grows things. Um, now we're just like the rest of the global economy, we find ourselves competing in an innovative economy. Folks who embrace the future, folks that understand the scale and the pace of change is unprecedented. And if you either set out to make that your ally or it will be your adversary, you will be left behind. And obviously part of our DNA here in Indianapolis, we're here in the month of May celebrating not just high tech, but we're also celebrating racing. And I look at uh, those drivers on that track every year, tweaking and changing something that will give them one more nanosecond of an unfair competitive advantage. And uh, those, those folks, like the state of Indiana, uh, who seek to integrate all the technological changes that are coming our way, the way we live our lives, the way we eat, the way we build, um, that's really set us apart, that aspirational, how do we take it to the next level? And when you think again about being here in the state of Indiana, number one per capita in the, in the country in terms of manufacturing, it's always the what's next that's the most important. 
And um, we have sought to, through partnerships, the state government, we have sought to set the table, make this a, a very uh, attractive place to not just invest, but to grow. Um, and what I mean by setting the table is um, we are, we are uh, a luring place in terms of our tax climate, in terms of our regulatory climate, very predictable. Um, we, we provide that certainty. Folks know that uh, it's a sound investment, that we're here to stay, that our relationship um, is, is, or that bond means something. We're not transient in our relationships, whether it's with one another here or around the world. Um, and so setting that table gets, gets folks in the door. And then what comes from that, those relationships that we build, um, has really led us to this place of prominence in terms of being a hub in the American market. I always talk about, um, you know, we're right in the center of it all. We're right in the middle of the country, the heart of the heartland. We're not the coast or the fringe, but we're right in the middle, connected um, to all, all places, coast to coast. When I talk to the high-tech companies here in Indianapolis, you would think that their biggest barriers to growth are money or technology, but it's actually people. One of the signature efforts of your administration in this last legislative session was to take a first step in looking at a complete revision of how the state attacks the issue of workforce. If you think of the high-tech sector, probably the one that creates the most value, can grow the fastest, and has the highest paying jobs, can you briefly give us your three-year vision on the workforce side? And how do you see high-tech specifically benefiting us? And what are some of the changes that target that sector? Benefiting maybe the most in terms of, you know, when you think about the boxes you have to check to compete and win in the global marketplace, of course you have to check the economy box. You have to make sure you're um, a sound place to invest. Of course you have to have the infrastructure in place to connect with all places around the world and around the country and to one another. That could That's broadband internet, that's roads and bridges, that's water ports, airports, all the above how you connect and communicate with one another. But the box that's the most important, that your greatest asset is people, your talent. And when we assessed the state of Indiana, a state of 6.6 million, um, we've been acting out of you know uh, the law of necessity, meaning that we used to be, I, I talked about it being the strength being in the middle of it all, that used to be thought of as flyover country. We've made it unaffordable to fly over Indiana. Um, so we check that we check that box. What we have to do is make sure that our talent is being groomed to get from that maybe that bottom rung to the middle and have that upward mobility. And to do that, you have to connect again people with the resources or the skills to move up. We're, we live in a target-rich environment for this, by the way. That's the good news, bad news of it all. We have twenty-seven thousand Hoosiers in our prison system. We have four hundred seventy-five thousand Hoosiers. Um, who don't have a high school diploma or the equivalency of one. We have 700 plus thousand Hoosiers who started college and then quit. That's already over a million people right there that we can, if we scale them up personally, if we scale them up, then our companies will scale up as well. And so what we've done is I, earlier as you alluded to, set out to eliminate kind of the middle bureaucratic um, territory where um, Fortunately, the state of Indiana, because of our economic um, position, we have the resources. It's how do we get them to people? How do we get them to employees and employers? 
How do we connect those two? And um, so we've sought to get ourselves out of the way, but get the resources to the people. And we've said, okay, there's five growing sectors um, in the state of Indiana, high wage, high demand jobs waiting. We know of exactly where 93,000 of them are. I mean, we live in this world where we have uh, the, the same number of unemployed people as unfilled jobs in the country. True here in the state of Indiana, 93,000 unfilled jobs where we know where the address is. Now do we know the address of a person who can fill that job? Then what do we do to get that person skilled up to fill that job? Again, we have the resources to do that. So we've said, if you're willing to put in the time, just the time, the state of Indiana is willing to put in the money to get you that credential or that badge or that certificate to, to double or triple your salary. And IT is a central part of it all. In fact, maybe the most important uh, because as we watch companies, whether they're in central Indiana, an urban area, or a rural area, think about, I, I constantly, I don't lose sleep over data and demographics, but it, it does keep me up late at night thinking about in 1900, 13% of the world's population lived in an urban area. Today, 56% live in an urban area in a city. By 2050, if we stay on this current you know, trajectory or trend, it'll be 70% in a city. So what does that mean to the rural parts of our state or the rural parts of our country? How do we connect? How do we keep those areas vibrant? It is the education and skilling up. It's having those resources personally to meet those jobs that artificial intelligence hasn't even told us what they're gonna be in 10 years. And so we have to respond to that. In addition to the 700,000 baby boomers in the state of Indiana that will retire, how do we fill those jobs? And so matching those million that are there right now with the million uh, jobs that we'll have to fill over the next decade, not to mention all the other um, jobs that will be created again that we don't know of what they are right now, but folks who are in kindergarten, first grade, we better be prepared to skill them up lifelong. Talk about your goals as you travel and go to places and go to countries that perhaps other governors have not visited. And if you can, bring that back to how that will help, either directly or indirectly, the high-tech sector here in Indiana. You know, I, I talk a lot about Indiana as the state of pioneers, and um, that, that is not looking back. That is looking into new frontiers and not just exploring but developing those new frontiers and so again you have to you have to show up first um, you, you you can't negotiate every deal from standing on Hoosier soil it works both ways it has to be a win-win relationship and uh, in terms of exploring new territory the world gets smaller and smaller and smaller by the day Time goes faster and faster and faster, and the quicker we can get to solving problems. We're not left with any of the easy problems to solve, by the way. They're the hardest of all. But fortunately, because we can partner, you can, you can build a product in Indiana using research and development from Melbourne, um, tapping into the latest and greatest from New Delhi, all at the same time. I mean, real time. You can be interconnected. Um, and, and producing products right here in the state of Indiana. And that's, that's an exciting, um, exciting endeavor in terms of that business-to-business -business relationship. It's also, 
I, I call it G to G, government to government, not just business to business, but government to government. So marrying two places of, of um, that have a mutual goal, but offer that certainty and offer that predictability. And, and, um, and, and, and then in addition to that, people to people. So we also seek in every trip I go to, whether it's Budapest or, or Bangalore, um, we seek to foster um, cultural exchanges as well. And, and the latest is I just returned from um, Jerusalem and, um, and we, we um, extended the invitation to, to bring back some um, antiquities, some artifacts uh, here to the state of Indiana that otherwise had I not gone and, and um, been invited to uh, come inside the Rockefeller Museum and, and see the, the, the very uh, facility that housed the Dead Sea Scrolls, we, we wouldn't have that opportunity. Or invite folks um, from Israel, a country that's 60% desert, a quarter of the size of the state of Indiana, uh, invite some of their um, um, elementary and high school students to come over and, uh, and, and work with our FFA, our Future Farmers of America. 67,000 will descend on the state of Indiana for nine years straight, um, and then hopefully beyond that. But, but integrating our two, this innovation nation, Israel, the, one of the powerhouses in the world with one of the powerhouses in terms of production and manufacturing, Indiana. They're one quarter the size of the state of Indiana. And again, 60%. We're, we're 83% farm and forest. What happens when you marry those two? You know, Good things come. But you have to show up first and foremost. And then you have to agree on what is it exactly we want to accomplish here. And it always comes down to what comes out of it at the end of the day. Are we improving quality of life? Are we, in, are we improving, for both of us, quality of place? And, and those are the partners I want to do business with. Obviously, a lot of our listeners are earlier in their career maybe thinking about an MBA. They may live in Indianapolis and love the new scene here, the new opportunities that are coming from other places. As governor of this great state, what is some advice or a message that you'd like to leave for the rest of us? Well, that's, that's the close right there. I love, I love the final pitch. It's, it's um, not just dream big, but go big. I mean, we, we take the state of Indiana global, and, and we don't just think inside our own border or our own municipality, the lines. We, we in fact, we ignore the lines, to be quite frank. Um, and, and so I would say think big, go big. Indiana wants you to do it here. You can do it here, and I think faster and bigger than, uh, than anywhere that I compete with. Uh, never settle. It's it's it's. It's thinking big that will get us to those final solutions faster and, and get engaged now. And what I mean by that is as you're learning, um, also be doing, um, applying that education or that training or that retraining. And so that your, the, the passport that you hold of life, when you're going from place to place or experience to experience, how is it building on top of each other? And then making sure that uh, at, the, at the end of the day, that transition isn't abrupt because you've, that, it's just seamless, that transition. It's one constant uh, improvement of not just your life, but everything you touch. 